Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thank you so very much for joining us as we take a look at the book. I hold in my hand a copy of my five-hour audio series on CD entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Islam is a very controversial issue today. You need to understand what God's Word has to say about Islam. Islam, a religion of the world, that's the fastest growing religion, by the way, throughout all of Europe and much of the United States. Well, we want to talk about the Islamic invasion, not only of the European Union member states, but also throughout all of the West and including the United States. This is a very important study that you need to be able to think through as we live in the days in which we find ourselves living. Since 9-11, this has been a key issue. So if you'll take a moment now, we'll listen to the Islamic invasion, and then we'll be back and tell you how you can get your own copy of this five-hour audio series on CD entitled Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. Let's now listen to our study, The Islamic Invasion. Continue in Acts chapter 1 just for a second. I want to show you how they were anticipating the kingdom to come. They watched him. He said, now, look, I want you to remain here in Jerusalem until the power is given to you, and then start at Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, and teach and win people to Christ to be a part of this kingdom. But then he's taken up. A cloud comes down. I call it God's elevator. <laughs> Grabs him, takes him up to the heavenlies. He pushes H for heaven, and he starts up. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men standing by in white apparel, and they said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing as he is gone? So this same Jesus will come again. Now they are really wound. He's going to heaven. They're watching him go up. And I always wondered why Luke put in there, they were steadfastly looking towards. You know what that word steadfastly basically in the Greek is saying? They had their eyes fixed on the heavenlies. He'd been telling them, hey, there's going to be a kingdom. They say, now? Are you going to set it up, Jesus? He says, it's not for me to know, but my father, and that's in his power. And then he goes to heaven. And they're steadfastly walking. They had their eyes fixed on, by the way, one eye on the heavenlies, one eye on the ground. You know what? Chapter 17, verse 6 says, they went out and started turning the world upside down. Actually, that should be right side up because it was already upside down. But they went out. They were turned on. This was the motivation. They were anticipating the kingdom being set and Jesus Christ coming back to set up his kingdom. The promise of the Messiah, there would be a kingdom. But that becomes a problem for Muhammad. Who energized by satanic control, understands his ultimate goal as the spokesperson for Allah. There is no other God but Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet. Realizes that his ultimate goal is to establish a kingdom, a one-world government slash religion, all under Allah. I'm sorry that 
if you're not on the same page, but you must understand that is the ultimate goal. And that was established even by Nimrod, chapter 11 of the book of Genesis, when he established a one-world government and a one-world religion under one-man control. And that philosophy would be in place, and Allah directing Muhammad through the doctrine he was given supposedly by the angel Gabriel to establish. And so now it becomes a problem. The promise of the Messiah becomes a problem for Muhammad. He doesn't know how to deal with it. What am I going to do? Oh, he says, I really, and Satan's subtle strategy was you can't denounce Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have to agree with everything. And so the Koran, by the way, do you know the Koran mentions the name Jesus 25 times? You know what they say? You're not, a Muslim is not a true Muslim unless he believes in Jesus Christ. Now there's a difference in believing and accepting as your Lord and Savior. You see, you can believe all day about something, but until you put your trust in it and accept it, I, I always use this little illustration when I had Jody, our little daughter. She was about three years old, and I put her up on the top of an upright piano one day, and I said, honey, I want to teach you something. And I put her up on the top of the upright piano. I said, now, honey, Daddy loves you. You know Daddy loves you. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to trust me. I want, to, do you believe, I want you to jump in my arms, and Daddy's going to catch you. Now, do you believe that I'm going to catch you? Mm-hmm. Jump in my arms. <laughs> See, there's a difference in believing and trusting. She ultimately did trust and jump into my arms, and I was trying to teach her something. But at first, you, got, you know you can believe in something, but to trust in it for your eternal existence. And so a Muslim, realizing that Jesus was a special personality, have instituted their doctrine of abrogation that I talked about yesterday. Abrogating the truth of the Word of God. Well, they kind of play with the truth a little bit. In fact, that's just how a counterfeit dollar bill is prepared. You uh, get it as good as you can to the real thing, as close as possible, but just leave a couple of things out. And so there is this Jesus, this Jesus of the Word of God, who according to Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 was born of a virgin. And the Koran, see that's biblical, the Koran says, and Jesus was born of a virgin, not impregnated by the Holy Spirit, but impregnated by Allah, who created in the womb of Mary the Son. Oh, then there's the biblical understanding of the life of Jesus Christ performing 35 different miracles for the purpose of not... A miracle was never for convenience. A miracle was always to bring conviction. And the fact is that Jesus Christ confirmed he was the Son of God because Isaiah says the one who is truly the Son of God will do this healing, but the one unique thing that he will do that none others will do will make the blind to see. Do you know all the apostles heal the lame, raise the dead, but not a one of them ever made the blind to see. 
only Jesus, who healed five different men and gave them their sight, proving he was the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so the biblical understanding of the miracle life of Jesus Christ is laid out for us to investigate, to come to an understanding on. And listen to this. The miracle life of Jesus Christ is talked about in the Quran, except the power for the miracles performed by Jesus come from Allah. Well, by the way, just to prove a point that Allah is long before Muhammad, if I remember correctly, Jesus was 500 and some years before Muhammad. And here, supposedly, the Quran says Allah gave Jesus his power to do miracles. That kind of puts another chink in some of the thinking that maybe some of us have. What about the death of Jesus Christ? The Bible talks about Jesus Christ being crucified. The witnesses were there. The priests at the temple lead Jesus Christ to the place of crucifixion. And they literally crucified him. And the witnesses were there to see him hang on that tree. And the Quranic version is, he didn't die. No, but there was a substitute that would die in his place. Two theories, either Judas Iscariot or Simon of Cyrene were placed on the cross in the place of Jesus Christ and the one was died. Jesus Christ taken off of that cross, taken to a cave, buried there in a cave, and three days later resurrected. The Quranic version, if he didn't die, he didn't have to resurrect. Where did he go? Lifted by Allah into the heavens to be with him. Oh, what about the eschatology of the Bible? Go to Revelation just a moment. Revelation, just a moment. Let me just show you something here in Revelation. Can I give you a quick tour through Revelation? You ready? Get your seatbelts fastened, baby. We are going to move. Chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3, that would be what Jesus said to John when he said, hey, write down those things which were, that's chapter 1, those things which are, chapters 2 and 3. Now those things which shall be hereafter, chapter 4, verse 1, look what it says. And after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in the heavens, and the first voice which was I heard was as of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show these things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was in heaven. Now, I know this is talking about John, and I literally think that he was taken into the heavenlies to see what God wanted him to see. I'm a literalist, and I just take it all literal. If it makes sense to take it in a literal sense, that's the best sense for me to take it in. And so that's what I do. But he was taken up there. But you know what it is? It's a picture of the rapture. A moment ago, I said that the terrorist attack of 9-11 in New York City, Washington, D.C., and the fields of Pennsylvania indeed did begin a new era. It was the beginning of the end, as I understand Bible prophecy. And Islam plays a key role in end-time events. You need to have your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion. It's a five-hour audio series on CD that will look at Satan's dominion strategy, Ishmael's true legacy, Islam's satanic trio, the Islamic invasion, and Islam, the final solution. 
All of this available on Ishmael's Islamic Invasion, this five-hour audio series on CD. If you'd like to get your own copy of it, call our toll-free number. It's 877-674-3298. You can make your order that way, or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, but make certain that you get your copy of Ishmael's Islamic Invasion, the five-hour audio series on CD. A very important study that you need to have at this time in history. And by the way, let me say thank you so much for joining us as we've taken a look at the book right here. We are thrilled when we have opportunity to take the Word of God, open it with you, and share the truths found therein. And of course, as we do that, we become more and more aware that Jesus Christ could come at any moment. He could shout, the archangel will shout, the trouble of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him forevermore. Oh, as I think about that, you know, that could happen at any moment. So there's nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...